0: worth deleting the app for.
1: The Datable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that The Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, U.S.U., former dating coach turned dating sociologist. you also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Kraftchik as we explore this crazy datable world. Hi, Datables. Welcome to another episode of the Datable Podcast. I'm so happy I got to see you this week, Julie. (sighs) We haven't seen each other in person in so long, and I'm so glad that we both got COVID, got over it, and we got to see each other in real life.
0: It's been forever. I was trying to remember the last time we actually saw each other. It feels like I see you all the time because I'm talking to you 24-7 basically Mm -hmm. and seeing you on video all the time. But it is wild that it's been so long.
1: Well, the last time I saw you, I couldn't talk. Yes. And then there was a
0: time in between that we were supposed to get together and do a double date, but you had like an emergency last minute. Do you remember that? You were supposed to come over. So I finally did our long-awaited a double date.
1: And we had the most lavish meal, y'all. It was... <laughs> <laughs> so beautiful. We went to this new sushi restaurant that Julie and her partner have been to already, and it was such a treat. All four of us could share that meal together. It was so decadent. Like the first thing we oh, got, so decadent. was Toro and tartar, yeah, tartar, tor- Toro tartar and caviar and uni. Yeah. <laughs> That's that was the first thing we got. I couldn't. I am still dreaming about that.
0: Oh my god! I know you a love sushi. Like when I love. think of someone that loves sushi, you're who comes to yeah. mind. So. As soon as I was eating that the first time, I'm like, I got to take you away next time she's in
1: town. I guess we should give them a shout out, right? Sushi Sato. Yeah. Sato Sushi-
0: Sato Tomato, Tomato. Who tomato, knows? Tomato. <laughs> but what is so
1: wild is that when we were at the restaurant, we ran into someone I knew who is part of the restaurant group that started it. And he was telling us there were two other restaurants hidden within that one restaurant. It was so weird. It was like three for one.
0: Well, what I love about running into people in San Francisco is there's always three degrees I feel like it's less than six degrees, like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. It's usually like two to three degrees. He knew, I would say, probably four people that were connected to this podcast somehow.
1: (laughs) Mm. Yes. In one way or the other, whether they were a guest or... (laughs) Yeah, one of which we no longer speak to or about. (laughs) (laughs) We'll leave it at but that. It is
0: Yes, it has been a week. That's for damn sure. I mean, the the highlight, of course, was, of course, seeing you. Mm-hmm. Low light is all the shit that's going on right now with abortions. It probably, like, by the time we air this, who knows? We're always a couple days ahead. Who knows if a decision will actually be made? But I feel like it's just been, I don't know, this whole week I've just been not feeling good. And I think a lot of it comes back to that because it's, it's just... A direct hit on women's bodies, women's rights, like all the stuff. And, you know, we're talking about taming our inner critic today. Body image is a big component. And it makes me really like think about it, too, that the relationship with our bodies is so important to our overall relationship happiness with ourselves and with others, too.
1: It's just so disappointing to think about how backwards our country has become. Yeah. We're taking like 30 steps back for (sighs) some reason, yet we're so woke in other areas, it just doesn't make any sense. This internal push-pull, that's what's driving people crazy. I was just reading about how people are encouraging women to delete their period tracker apps because that data doesn't fall into HIPAA. So- They can't. These apps can actually release your data and track your sexual activity as much as they want. We're losing our freedom and also just our choices. No matter what your own opinion is about abortion, you cannot make that decision for a woman. You cannot make that decision for someone else. You can only make that decision for yourself.
0: The government has no right in my opinion to be intertwined with our bodies at all. I don't know. I'm just so frustrated because I feel like I definitely identify more liberal, but I'm also mm-hmm. like frustrated by far left too. Oh my like- God. Yes. <laughs> I feel like, Extreme. I mean, this is maybe more relevant to SF folks, but I feel like this is nationwide too. And, you know, I'm not going to go on too much of a politics rant because this is a dating podcast, but I do believe like the relationships in our community, in our life, like all that go back to the relationships that we have with others and how we're showing up. So I do think it's all interconnected in some way. But in San Francisco, there's a huge recall that's happening with Chessa Boudin. Boudin. I think it's Hate Boudin, actually. Is it?
1: a I just called him I Boudin looked it up. I know.
0: I feel like I was calling him Boudin, but then I like he looked sucks. up his pronunciation. He sucks. Um, I feel like he's gone so far left of just like any criminal activity is like fair game. Like he doesn't want to prosecute anyone. So no. it's just made the city super unsafe. But do you remember, UA, we stumbled upon his election yes, party like when he got yeah. elected. And I remember our friend at the time was there and he's Hated like, him. this is bad. He's like, this is really bad for SF and. and. And I was ignorant at the time and did not vote. I was like, oh, this doesn't really affect me, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it's so easy to do that. So like, hopefully people can, you know, take that vote if they want to. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that we can voice our opinions. I wish we could voice our opinions with all the abortion stuff. The fact that like that's just sitting with someone else's control is really disheartening. I feel like each direction's fucked.
1: Well, I think we can relate this back to dating, which is a lot of times we forget We're sharing the same goals. So therefore, all we're trying to do is just prove that we're right. I mean, I feel like politicians get into office just to prove they're right. They're not thinking about your interests. And, you know, they just want to be right. And I think in dating sometimes, too, we're just trying to win. We're trying to be right. But we forget the common goal is we're trying to improve humanity, right? Especially with dating. Exactly. And that's why we create this friction in dating and in politics, because we feel like our purpose is to prove our point versus like being curious and, and having a, a mutual interest at heart. And I think that's something that we've forgotten.
0: Yeah, well, I was reading these articles about how Boudin or Boudin, however you pronounce his name, (laughs) was using like San Francisco, not because he like genuinely wanted to make it a better place, Mm -hmm. but like a testing ground. And, you know, a lot of his policies come from his own upbringing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's kind of dangerous, personally. But I've also heard from sources that I will not name, he what is the holy police department in San Francisco is completely discouraged and dismantled. Mm. And I've also heard on a dating front that he's a total fuck boy. <gasps> before yes. he became a big
1: shot. So recall fuckboys. boys. <laughs> recall fuckboys. boys. That should that should be our next campaign. Recall yes. fuckboys. <laughs> yeah. Fuck sad. Boys. It's been a sad, sad <sighs> week to think about that. You know, talking about abortions and thinking back to the times I was in college, I knew many friends who had abortions or had pregnancy scares. And I can't imagine what their life would be like today <sighs> if they didn't have that yeah. option yeah. or it was le- illegal to do so. I, this is not China. I don't want this to be China again. This is stuff like people were trying to escape from their countries. And I really hope we don't become that country.
0: Yeah, well I think women have just made so much progress and I read a quote somewhere that it's not just, you know, the body obviously is one big part of this, but it's also the financial freedom that comes with it. Mm. Because you're right, if you can't get an abortion and now you're raising a child when you're 17, like that's going to mess up your whole trajectory yeah. if you're not ready. And is it really fair to the child, right? right There's like another right. whole side of it is it's like pro-life versus pro-birth is another debate. Like, are you really mm. giving this person the best life that they could if you aren't fit to be a parent and ready?
1: Yeah, I've certainly met some parents who probably shouldn't have kids. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but was that by choice? Or was
1: I don't
0: know. I don't know about this one, but but. yeah, we're going down the body topic this week. So it is very in line with what this whole episode is about. We have a really great body positivity influencer, Katie Mm -hmm. Uh, Storino. We were on her podcast. Boob Sweat. Best name ever. So
1: fitting. And
0: as soon as we did her podcast, we said to each other, we need to get her back. She just like has this, I love it. It's just like a no bullshit attitude. I really appreciate that.
1: This is just a conversation I think everyone can relate to men and women and everybody from all walks of life. Because we've all had those moments and still those moments of just discouraged by our own bodies, not liking what we see, having that negative self-talk and not knowing how to get out of it. And then the media, society, your your own network, they're not helping either because we just kind of perpetuate um, the negative body talk that we have. So she's someone who survived the negative body mm-hmm. talk. She's still dealing with it on a daily basis, but she's able to really flourish out of it. So this is such such a great talk just to hear from the other side of someone who really overcame this.
0: Yeah, we've had some body image episodes. Mm -hmm. We've had body image and dating with Erin. We also did one, Every Body Beautiful with Natalie a while back. So this has been a topic we've hit a few times. But this Mm -hmm. is, I feel like, a different perspective, which, you know, there's always going to be many perspectives. But what I like about this is it goes deeper than just body too, of all negative self-talk, because we all face this. This is something that is in all of our heads as we're dating. And, you know, I feel like it shows up extra hard when you're dating because dating is ultimately a reflection of you or the way Mm -hmm. that we interpret dating, whether it is or isn't. Really what dating is, is a way to find connection. But I feel Mm -hmm. like people use it as validation that there's something right or something wrong, depending on how many dates they get or how far a relationship progresses. So it can Mm -hmm. feel very personal. And our inner critic love, Loves to come out when it gets personal so this episode we definitely go into it all and katie posed one question that has stuck with me the last couple of weeks of why did i have to do the work and i think that's mm. something to think about like as we're listening to this episode because i feel like a lot of times we all feel like like why do i have to do all this like my inner self and reflection mode and all that like why can't i just skip to the end
1: mm. Well, isn't that the the truth for dating too? It's like <laughs> why can't we skip to the end, get into exactly. that relationship? Yeah, I think doing the work is so important, but also we as a collective need to do the work too. The onus isn't just on an individual person. We all need to reframe the way we think about body image and something that really stuck out to me was someone kind of like an acquaintance was pregnant a few years ago and I made a comment about her body saying oh my gosh you're so I couldn't even tell you're pregnant it just looks like you ate a burrito and she took it to social media was like this woman another woman commented about my body and my body is not for her to comment whether I'm small or big or whatever it's not her right to comment about my body. And I, I mean, I learned my lesson. <laughs> I apologize, but yeah, I think sometimes we, at least for me, I just get so comfortable with someone. I feel like I can say these things. Also coming from a Chinese culture, that's the first thing you always say to someone. You always say something about their body, whether they got taller, sm- smaller, shorter, fatter, skinnier, whatever, or darker. You always want to make that comment. It's just part of our cultural upbringing. And I'm trying to undo all of that and, yeah. and know that someone else's body is not for me to comment on.
0: I feel like Jewish upbringing I had the same situation Like every time it'd be like oh you got skinnier you got fatter like there was always a comment about it and I also had kind of that reality check when we did our last body image episode I remember I made a comment in our Facebook group love in the time of corona Mm. around like you know being real thin and one of Mm. our members you know called me in which I appreciated I'll give her a shout out Lori I remember Mm. her saying like this is just as offensive as some someone you know saying that someone's bigger and I think for me Mm -hmm. like I've always struggled with weight and you know Always wanting to be thinner, right? So I think mm. I viewed it as my own bias coming in that mm. people that are thin have it easy and, you know, that they don't have body struggles, which is totally false, is what I learned from that.
1: Right. right. Well, that's why we need this conversation. Exactly. And we ha- I hope we have more conversations like this.
0: Yeah. And I feel like the list of things that we can beat ourselves up with goes so oh much gosh. even further than body image. I feel like so often we talk about this too on dates. You're a lot of times you're thinking about like how am i showing up and yeah. you know almost like self-critiquing but that yeah. is kind of the opposite of connection ultimately like if yes. you're sitting there just thinking about yourself how are you connecting to this other person but it's so easy because you want to present well and you want to make a good impression exactly but, yeah <sighs> yeah let's do it (laughs) let's get into it but before we do a few announcements definitely share this one with a friend this is Mm -hmm. I think everyone needs this regardless of what you're going through you will relate like we said everyone has something that they think is getting in their way with dating and just you know how they show up in general so share this with a friend who will benefit from it and other announcement follow us on Instagram at dateable podcast that's where we put up clips we'll be putting up a clip from this episode you get to see our guests you get to see us you know or youtube also (laughs) or tiktok we're trying to grow tiktok we don't have much of a following at tiktok but we would love to have a following at tiktok
1: another announcement is uh my partner and i really like julie's partner (laughs) this is an important announcement to make (laughs) very cool guy. You know, sometimes when you meet your friends, partners, you kind of have to just be nice and (laughs) maybe the conversation doesn't flow. I think with your partner, it just felt so comfortable and so easy to talk to him. So social. I like that. I like someone who's just like easygoing and social.
0: Well, you met him before, but you were just like not in a good place then.
1: (laughs) I mean, I liked him then, but at the same time, I was struggling to talk and
0: breathe. So (laughs) Go back to like, I'm thinking about myself right now because I can't focus on there are other
1: priorities just trying to stay alive that is always great
0: to hear I mean obviously I like your partner too but I've met him many of times
1: so So yes you got the you got the UA seal of approval He will be
0: so happy to hear that.
1: <laughs> he can put that on his resume. He's like, Is UA
0: going to grill me like last time? Because UA like pulled up her phone asking questions because she could yeah. not speak.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was typing questions on my phone for him the first time I met him, and I had some questions in mind. But this time I was like, <gasps> You know what, it's been over a year. There's no point in grilling. <laughs> it's, no grilling it's a little late point. <laughs> for grilling. So we'll just eat some good food. Yep, that's better. Leave that's it at better that. all around. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love hearing that, obviously. But before we get into the episode, let's hear from our sponsors.
1: This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. People don't always realize that physical symptoms like headaches, teeth grinding, and even digestive issues can be indicators of stress. And let's not forget about doom scrolling, sleeping too little, sleeping too much, undereating, and overeating. For me, stress takes over my life sometimes to the point where I spend more time stressing than actually being productive. For many of us, stress shows up in all kinds of ways. In a world that's telling you to do more, sleep less, and grind all the time, here's your reminder to take care of yourself do less, and maybe try some therapy. Personally, therapy has been a life-changing experience, helping me truly feel my feelings and have the tools to make progress in my mental health. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't ever have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. Give it a try and see if online therapy can help lower your stress. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Datable Podcast listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com datable. That's B E T T E R H E L P dot com slash D A T E A B L E. Okay,
0: let's hear it from Katie.
1: What are we talking about? We're talking about overcoming negative self-talk and that inner critic that we all have. And Katie Starinos with us today. She is the body acceptance advocate, entrepreneur, and founder of Megabate Beauty. She's the author of the book, Body Talk, How to Embrace Your Body and Start Living Your Best Life. And she also has a podcast called Boob Sweat that we were on. So thank yeah. you for having us on as guests. <laughs> Hello. How are you?
0: I'm great. We are so excited to have you. You are
1: great. You are great. <laughs> Here are more stats about Katie. She's 41 years old, lives in New York and Palm Beach, originally from Wisconsin, and she is married. Let's get right into it. Let's start with your own personal story. You describe yourself as a bigger girl. What does that mean? And how did that play into your earlier life? In terms
2: of how it played into my dating life, it has always been a factor. It definitely negatively impacted the way that I felt and the, and the treatment that I accepted from men because I thought that that's just what I could get. Mm. Um, I definitely didn't think that I deserved what my friends seemed to get, which was like a respectful, normal relationship. And I found myself in um, not great situations. I have to attribute that a bit to my size because I really felt that like, well, this is, this is who's here for you. So that was terrible. <laughs> and I'm glad that I was able to learn that those were in fact not true feelings. Mm. Um, and I'm on my second marriage. I dated a lot in between my first and second marriage. And I think I learned the most about myself in that time because I had gained so much weight during my divorce that I had mm. to date in a whole new, body. And I actually learned to love myself at my new size and feel the most confident and most sexy at the heaviest I'd ever weighed. So I think that that there's a lot of good learnings in there. So walk us through that
0: early part, because I definitely can relate to a lot that you said. And what I've actually learned is through our community, everyone has their hang up. And what you think that everyone else has it's super easy, but they think that about everyone else, and we mm-hmm. all feel that we've been dealt the worst hand mm. and that was that was a huge revelation for me that not it wasn't just me that felt that way, and I guess I'm curious, like how did you get out of your own way with that? How did you start to realize that that wasn't actually what was
2: getting in your way? It's just like with body acceptance that you think that you have you've been dealt the worst hand, but in fact, you haven't everyone thinks that they have like to battle this like body whatever terrible body they've been given and I guess what you're saying is it's the same with dating it's just not true we all think we have like Mm -hmm. this thing to get over but it's not true right
1: I mean basically we all have issues that we're getting Mm -hmm. over but for some reason everybody feels like they have the bigger issue Mm -hmm. (laughs) to deal with which is not Ah. always the case so grass is always greener on the other side because when you're in your own body you're like well if I had that body yeah my dating life could be a lot easier yes but how did you get over that
2: oh right you're like you're like how'd you do it girl <laughs> here's what I think is is interesting I had come out of this relationship and I had felt so terrible about my body and as I had gained weight I was like well now no one's really gonna want me mm. but what I found and I know that this isn't the best advice. And I will say that up front. I went into the dating world and basically men complimented me and it had been so long since a man had complimented me on my physical form. I was like, wait, am I sexy?
1: Because I thought Mm. I just
2: was like a shoe, and Mm -hmm. and then I was like, wait. So I kind of let that outside validation, which is not the correct thing, come in and like show me that I I should maybe dig more into that sexy vibe. And then I went on a journey and you know like did the whole thing. I like bought lingerie, I wore lingerie for myself. I looked in the mirror. This was during my my body acceptance journey as well. So I would say that that was a big part of it. And and really, to go back to what you said before, I thought that just thin people were happy with their body. And so if I could just get thin, that's mm-hmm. when I would feel happy. But when I realized that wasn't true, that's when my light bulb went off. And I, I started to do this body acceptance work because I wanted to help all women feel comfortable in their body just today, right now, as they are. So mm-hmm. how
0: old were you? Like, when, when did this body acceptance period start for you?
2: Started, um, so I'm 41. So if we do mm-hmm. the math, I would say I got divorced at 35. Okay. Which is, like, probably your nightmare time to get divorced if you're thinking about it, maybe. Because, like, you're right. That's the time when society tells you that, like, you're approaching the last years of, like, having right. children. Your time's running work. out. Yeah. Yes, your time's running out. And you've, you've spent all your good 20s, like, with someone who you're not going to be with. Which I'm here to tell everyone is a lie because I'm here... Mm-hmm thriving, still looking amazing, and with, with frozen eggs can have children, I don't oh, know, yeah. whenever we want. But I think that I started at around 35 to go on this body acceptance journey.
0: So t- walk us through then the earlier parts of your life. Where were you, you know, when you were younger realizing that you were kind of a bigger person? Like how did that play into dating until you met your first husband?
2: Well, I I think that I, I think that I often just assumed people were not interested in me. Why, though? 'Cause so I was like, I don't have the body you want. You want a skinny blonde girl. Because mm-hmm. that's what you see on TV. Yes. That's what I was seeing on TV. That's what that was my only reference for what a hot person looked like. There was mm-hmm. no there was no alternative hot person. Like that was just it. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the nineties, like looking at, I don't know, Beverly Hills 90210, the first yep. one. Right. So
1: And nobody ever mentioned that they were like thirty five year olds playing high school kids, but you know, <laughs> who cares about that? <laughs> You're right. Um so I'm just I I think that
2: I I had no other example of what beautiful looked like or what hot looked like so I just assumed that I was not it mm-hmm. I
0: couldn't relate a hundred percent to that and i feel like for me it you know it made me just focus on other things instead of dating mm-hmm. did you feel something similar or were you always still dating despite feeling this way
2: no I was pretty I was pretty boy crazy <laughs> <laughs> and i i just i did but i i really like I was very careful with who i put my affections towards like i really would like kind of make sure that that they were interested in me before I would put anything out there. And mm. I would never go for people who I just thought weren't going to be interested. You know what I mean? Like I feel like I would let someone throw the first move towards me and then I'd be like, oh, okay, you're interested. So let me see. Do I like you? Maybe. Mm. So it's never so you, you never, selecting.
1: Right. You're not taking right. initiative.
2: Right. Because I found that most of the time if I did take the initiative, the answer was no. And I'm talking about from like elementary school yeah. on. You know, like if I had a crush on the soccer player, the soccer player did not like me back. So I just kind of learned to like wait to see who was interested. So was that the case with your first husband or was that different that you actively chose each other? I've always had the same type. I like like a big hairy guy, preferably with a chain. (laughs) Like Tony Soprano. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Just like Tony Soprano. It's always my type. I never (laughs) deviate from this type. I don't know why we have types. If you have an episode on types, let me know. (laughs) It's just it is what it is. Um, so I've always liked this type of man, but i I did start to like get more bold and was surprised sometimes when I, when like someone would like me back because uh, I was like me, you're interested in me. Um, but no, I've always been a very active dater,
1: yeah, and then how did you meet your husband, your first husband?
2: First husband, met him through friends.
1: And was it right away, right away romantic?
2: Yes, it was right away romantic because my my friend said, you're going to like him a lot. He's your type. And then his friend told him that he was going to like me because I was his type. And we did. We really felt strongly right away.
0: So did you tame this like inner critic by the time you met him? Or was it still showing up for you? And in what ways?
2: I guess it was still showing up because I... While I accepted the love and, I don't know, compliments and things from from that person, I don't think I ever fully felt like I deserved it, like mm-hmm. I deserved love. And then when you feel like you don't deserve love, you can actually start having like the opposite stuff um, come towards you. Mm-hmm. And I feel that I attracted probably a lot of... Uh, negative comments and negative feedback about me because I didn't have that inner confidence or the, the self-worth to know that sometimes what was being said to me was not very kind.
1: Yeah, like a self-fulfilling prophecy. When yes. you start acting like you don't deserve love, then you're gonna see all the clues for it. Like
2: I went into that relationship stronger. And I'm more mm. like my old self now. I really do think in my early 20s that I was I was like more confident and more and felt that I was just like a beautiful special person. I think that people don't realize that you can lose yourself in a relationship, mm-hmm. mm. not in a good way. And then that person that you're with might just start reacting to the things that you're putting out there. So it's not necessarily I'm cutting this person a lot of leeway on on the show. But um, I'm just saying that I think that you you then start to believe that that's your position. And so it took me a while out of that relationship Mm -hmm. to rebuild my own self esteem. And I did it at 75 pounds heavier mm-hmm. than I was when I entered into that first relationship. So I'm saying that like people say, oh, I need to lose weight before I start dating or, right. oh, like, let me lose weight before I like make a profile. But I'm just saying I did it. I got out there at my heaviest weight I have ever been. And I, I killed it. I killed right. the game. Yeah. So,
0: okay. So I, I'm like so interested in this. You were confident
2: in your 20s. Like, yeah. I still accepted bad treatment in my 20s though. Okay. I don't know if I accepted bad treatment because girls can accept bad treatment or cuz mm-hmm. I specifically had like some deep low self-esteem issues. Mm. I don't know. We have not worked that that out. I welcome your feedback, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm I'm in a room with a guy, and there's like a used condom in the corner, and I like (laughs) still stay for the date. Mm. Okay, so I'm. That's what I'm saying. Like, there now are most girls leaving, or are they like staying? You know, I think a lot are staying. I
1: think it's staying. Okay,
2: that's comforting.
1: That's comforting to hear. But they're staying because I think there is that self esteem side of it. And the other side is just being like exploring, how do I feel around this sort of toxic environment (laughs) and getting to your kind of like your, um, your threshold. Yeah. Threshold trying to test your threshold. That's what it Hmm. is.
0: I mean, I think it does go back to the fact that, like, you know, in our 20s, there's a lot of self critics that are happening. Yes. And it doesn't, and I, I've learned this from our Facebook group, it doesn't just have to do with your weight. There's a zillion things that could be going off of why you're not enough and why you're not worthy. And I do think it takes really being comfortable with yourself, which sounds like you stepped into in your 30s after yes. the divorce, yes. to realize, like, I'm not going to stand for this type of behavior because I deserve better. So
2: I think a lot of it yeah. comes from not feeling like we deserve it. Yeah. Now I'm just having a therapy session on your on your <laughs> podcast.
1: No, but I think what's incredible about your story is that you came into your own after a divorce mm-hmm. in your mid-30s mm-hmm. at your heaviest mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. most people would think I am at the lowest at that stage. How yeah, do I get I'm done. You rose yes. to the occasion. So how did you do like that? A phoenix. How? Like Because a phoenix. you
2: because you can cause I'm gonna tell you something. You can choose, you can choose to lay down and say, that was my life. My life is now over. Or you can start again. And starting again mm-hmm. sucks. Like <laughs> it sucks. You gotta make new friends. You gotta like you gotta get new routines. You gotta go to therapy. You gotta do the like you have to do the work. And it's called work because it sucks. Like it, it really does. But you build and you don't even know what you're capable of. And I find also that people who are in pain like that, mm-hmm. there is so much like productivity and so much power that can come from being broken. Mm. And I I mean, I built mega babe because I was like I couldn't sleep. Like these mm. are just these are things that we don't explore when we when we talk about um ending relationships or um, mm-hmm, what life right. is supposed to look like right because it's only it can only go up from
0: here when you're at yeah. the worst right you're at the rock yeah. bottom essentially and, yeah,
2: the only way out is through and like all these things are no one wants to hear them but like it's it is just true
1: yeah the only way out is through Love yeah. That.
2: So yeah. that actually made me think of something. You kind of had this
0: light bulb moment of I'm going to love myself. As cheesy as that sounds, but it's like yeah. I'm going to yes. accept myself. Life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you yeah. like you know you dated and had the most success despite what size you were at. Did yes. you take a break? Like when after your divorce, like one of the things that I think of is so important. We in our community, we always hear people saying how they master date. They go on dates with themselves and really <laughs> get to know it
2: themselves. Oh, that's what it's called master date there you go you guys said you, know, you said master date on my and I just thought it was like I thought it was like a pro level date like a master <laughs> date I didn't get master date <laughs> okay. I didn't get Yes. That. Now I do. Hilarious. So, <laughs> no. yeah, they master
0: date. And I know for me, taking a year off from dating and really just like getting to be comfortable with myself mm. was so important on my journey. Did you have anything like that or was your process different?
2: Oh, I was alone a lot. I mean, I was alone doing the work and did I take any time off from dating? No. I would say there were varying degrees of dating. Was I like in, entering into any serious relationships? No, not for not for probably a few months. I did. I just spent a lot of time alone. And I think Mm -hmm. most of my friends had were in relationships and it just like I was just alone a lot. And so I so is that a master date in theory? Like I did a lot of things alone. I traveled alone. And I think that those things are really important. It's important to be comfortable Mm -hmm. with yourself. But I understand why people don't want to take those breaks because I think you think you're going to get stale or something.
0: Yeah. I find it fascinating because a lot of people think that a relationship will solve all their problems. No. <laughs> and it sounds like if anything, this actually like broke you down further. Do you yeah. feel like it's cause you didn't, you know, do the self confidence work
2: at that point? Or like what was it? Yeah. Cause I didn't you know what I've always wondered also. Why did I have to do the work? Like, why do I always see people just in relationships, living life, uh-huh. like whatever yeah. they're doing? I'm like, did they ever have to do the work? Like, are they mm-hmm. fine in their relationship? Like, why do I have to do this work? I've never understood that, and I think the answer just might be that people's relationships are never what they seem, and you know, you don't know mm-hmm. what people are going through behind closed doors, and I think that, that might just be the truth. Um, but I, I really felt that. I really felt like. Like I don't understand why I couldn't just go on like feeling you know bad about myself. Why did I? Ha- why was I forced to do this? But um, obviously it was so good that I that I was. I think a lot of people feel that way.
0: I ever feel like that way too. Like when a relationship of mine broke down, I went to therapy, and that's what changed yeah. me for the better too. Yeah, and I think sometimes it takes that breakdown to build back yes. up and you always think too like why am I the only one that has to do it yes from this podcast we've realized that that is what you know builds healthy sustainable relationships and you know one piece is you never know what's behind closed doors Mm -hmm. but also it's how much are you keeping in like how much is that inner voice criticizing you all the time versus like you're able to work it through and not hear that
2: Mm -hmm. it's interesting when the inner voice is bad and the and you are because I Actually, I, I was reading through some DMs that I got yesterday about a post I did on panic attacks. And a, a few women messaged me saying that their panic attacks got worse when their husband became verbally abusive and oh, or was yeah. very critical. And I, I find it so interesting that women, we think that because you're so in it that you have to stay connected to this person and you can't free yourself because like, what are you going to do then? Start over. I really feel for people. And if you're out there and this is connecting with you, you can move on and you can... Mm Find yourself, and you don't have to live with that kind of criticism. And I, I think mm. that I, that just, it broke my heart yesterday. And I just wanted to say that out loud.
1: Well, don't you think the same can be applied to your own abusive relationship with yourself? Right. Yes. That's where the mm-hmm. inner critic comes from. Well, that from. you have
2: a little bit, maybe less control. I don't know. It depends. Cause you can walk out the door, but you can't escape your own mind. Right. And I don't even think people realize that they're in toxic relationships with themselves.
1: They don't. No. They don't. Yeah. But what's your theory on this? Do you think that our inner critic will? always be inside ourselves? Is just how we want to deal with that voice or can we actually squash it, get rid of it?
2: I think that you can change your inner critic into your inner cheerleader. Mm-hmm. I do. I really just think it's about training that muscle and rewiring the conversation that you're used to having, which is why I'm going to bring up my book, Body Talk. I, I really talk about um noticing when you say bad things to yourself. And then Mm -hmm. the way that I change that is just by cutting it off with the word nope. Mm -hmm. I just Mm. just say, oh, if I start to go down a rabbit hole and I start to say things that are not kind, I just say, nope, and I cut it off. Um, And I think after a while that nope becomes faster. And I'm sure there are other techniques and ways to do this, but this is just what I have found helpful. And you really – do start to control that dialogue because I think I used to say very rude things to myself ten years mm-hmm. ago that I would never say now,
1: mm-hmm.
2: with a totally different physical form, so how did you learn to say nope? Like, how did you learn to say, "I'm not going
0: to take this anymore? This is yeah. not accurate."
2: It goes back to that big light bulb moment I had what you said about people with the dating that everyone thinks that they've got like this like long road to long road to walk because of something about themselves they have a really hard time finding someone to connect with. Which is not true. It's just that everyone has, everyone feels that way about themselves, like you just said. Everyone doesn't like their body, and when I realized that the thin women didn't like their body, also, then I realized, then I said, I said, what is the point of hating myself and beating myself Mm. up and punishing myself for the cookie and making and you know, got to go out and do two workouts because I've got to be in a swimsuit tomorrow, and this whole hamster wheel of insecurity and torture that I had in my brain, I found that there was no point to it because. Because when I realized that once I got to that goal weight in quotes, um, Mm. I was still going to hate my body. Then I I just I wanted to spread that word.
1: Can you recall your lowest point?
2: Mm. Body
1: wise? Just emotionally? That inspired you to do something about it. That you're like, I don't ever want to feel this way again.
2: No, I, I don't. I don't know that it was a point. I don't know that it was a point of low. I think what it really was was like the eye-opening experience that women everywhere hate their bodies, mm-hmm. including mm-hmm. myself. And then I just kind of, it's like that part in the Matrix when um, he realizes he's not in the Matrix and he looks out. <laughs> And sees like everyone is in their own pod, and that's how I felt. I was like, "Wait a second, we're all just out here hating ourselves for no reason. Like, what are we doing?" Yeah, Uh, that's kind of how it felt. It just, it just felt like I broke free from something.
0: We had this post in our Facebook group that women of all body shapes were commenting about how they felt, and men were chiming in too. And Mm. it was like, not that I want people to feel bad about themselves, but it was eye-opening to see that it touched everyone
2: everyone hates their body which is which is bullshit yep
0: so in your book you talk about other stuff too it doesn't have to just be body i mean there's so many negative self talk that we can yeah. you know spew to ourselves what were some other areas that showed up for you
2: oh people have i think people have problems with their skin Or they just, they don't feel beautiful. They don't feel Mm -hmm. worthy. It can be anything. It can be you're too short, you're too tall. Anyone's physical appearance, I think that they think that it's it's like unique to them and that something is wrong with them. And so often that starts with like a comment when you're little
0: Mm -hmm. and
2: you remember this playground comment all the way now you're 41 years old and you still remember this like one moment on the playground. And that is what, that is what rolls around in your head when you're supposed to be feeling good. That little voice can pop in and be like, thunder thighs.
0: Yep, mm. I had a girl call me Roly Poly. <laughs> there it is. You have that memory <laughs> <On the> playground,
2: <laughs> like in gym class. <laughs> you didn't even have to think about it; no, it was right it's there. Still there. Yeah, yes, that's what I mean. So, like those that those like little pieces of trauma stay with us, and then we bring them everywhere we go. Let's hold that thought for a few quick messages.
1: to viahemp.com and use a code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's viahemp.com and use a code DATEABLE at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from VIAHemp. This episode is made possible by Armoir. Armoir makes getting dressed easy. month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, What about outside of physical? Because I feel like, you know, there's this, I'm not good
2: enough. There's beyond weight physical. Yes. Yeah. Self-esteem is something that we all should strive to have, obviously. I think that we have narratives about ourselves, negative narratives that you can change into positive narratives. Uh, I read Gabby Bernstein's books, And Mm -hmm. she's always talking about these narratives that we have in our head that are no longer serving us and that we've created. And um, so I think one of mine was like, I'm from Wisconsin, and I'm here in New York. And like, like, why am I here? Like, I'm not even local, like Mm -hmm. just silly things that you that you make up in your head. Plus, I'm big, and everyone's small, and you find ways to feel different. Mm -hmm. And I think that you can change those stories just as much as you can have them dictated to you. You can can change them and put a different story out into the world.
1: I think part of the struggle for many people including myself is identifying what is a toxic criticism versus what's something that's actually helpful for you because yeah. to me yeah. growing up in a Chinese household every other word was a criticism of mm-hmm everybody, you know, you're too tall, you're too short, you're too mm-hmm. fat, you're too skinny, you're too dark, you're too white. Everybody has something that's like too something. Yes. And growing up in that kind of household, you just feel like, oh, I'm getting criticized for my own good. I will improve yes. myself now. I will try to be not as short, you know, or as dark. That was a big thing in my household. I'm always I was always the tanned one, which is not a good thing in Chinese culture. So everybody was always like, can you be a little bit less dark? Like I don't I don't know how, but I will try my best. So how do you decipher what criticism is actually good criticism or is there actually good criticism and what is uh, very toxic? And Katie is holding her head. She's like, I don't I think that I don't
2: think there's good. I don't think that there's there's, there's feedback. And if you're doing something wrong in your life, and someone's giving you feedback, that's fine. Everything you just said is bad criticism. (laughs) And, and those are those people and the role that they play, it, it can be an external negative force that basically helps create your narrative for yourself. So you take on that criticism as your own story. And you're like, well, they're not gonna like me, I'm too short. And I know it because if someone told me that every day. It, it, it's that kind of thing. So all the stuff you said, you it's like, clearly you can't change your skin tone.
0: And, <laughs> right.
1: I mean, <laughs> you know But I'm
0: saying? Like, that's what is f- interesting. And even, you know, weight people say you can change your weight, but you like mm. a lot of times, a lot of it's genetic and, you know, you right. can only do so much. Mm-hmm. So what is the difference of feedback versus criticism? Is it stuff that you can't control or is it stuff that's more about behaviors? You could change versus fundamentally who you are.
2: I don't know. I think the feedback thing is, I mean, I don't know that I've ever gotten feedback from anyone in my life. Have you gotten Mm. feedback that you find helpful?
1: Definitely through my partner, yeah. Yeah,
2: oh, I was gonna say there's definitely man. stuff that's come
0: up, but it, I I think for me it started off not as helpful. It, okay. I took mm. it as criticism, yeah. And then over time, I'm like, okay, actually, this is helpful. Like it okay. it was for instance, I was like mispronouncing a word, and I found it really annoying at the time to just be corrected because I took it as like a sign <laughs> of you know you know like yeah, faulting my intelligence, right? So I took it to that sign. But I mean, I do a podcast for a living. I obviously want to say words correctly, so it actually is helpful. Yeah, so, that's I different. I struggle, but what yeah. is the line though? Because I definitely took it as criticism up front, mm-hmm. and I got really upset that I was just like constantly getting corrected.
2: I what is the line? I mean, that's a great question. <laughs> I think it's more. I think it's more about the way it makes you feel. But you felt attacked, so I, I don't yeah. know that I can yeah. really. Mm, and I know that when, like, my family, like, has in the past has, like, tried to give me feedback about my weight, that definitely is taken as a criticism. So I don't know that I can tell you the answer because it really depends on maybe your own. I I don't know. I This is a great question.
1: So maybe in an ideal world, we can take every piece of criticism as you can either accept it as feedback or you can just kick it out the door if you are confident enough to – yeah, to make those two distinctions, I guess.
0: Yeah, but I don't like that because it's giving <laughs> leeway for someone to just keep saying comments. That's true. That's, that's unheard. true. I don't know. I'm I'm struggling with the line too. Trust me, it's a silly that goes through my mind daily. Like, what is that line? And I think so much of it's how it's said too. You know. Yeah. Like, and are you in a place to receive it?
1: I don't know. I feel like for the longest time, my parents were like, get a real job, get a full <laughs> nine to five job. And for so long, I was like, shut up. I'm going to do my life the way I want to do it. Yeah. And then I finally got a nine to five job. I was like, I, I kind of get it. <laughs> like, oh. Not, <laughs> not <laughs> I like what I the thought stability. you were say. Right. Right. So I-, I think to me, it was like it was criticism. But at the same time, it could have you- been feedback. What were you
2: doing that I was mean, not nine to
1: five? Everything but. Everything but. <laughs>
0: That's <laughs> trying everything. That's the thing though. There's some truth in all of it, right? Like that's the thing. Mm. There is. There's mm. a stability that maybe would actually be helpful for you at that example. But I think until you're in the place to hear it, it's almost not gonna sit that way. You had to come to terms with the fact that you were like, maybe I should explore. A nine to five. I don't know. I almost feel like same for like weight loss or something. Like until you're in the place that you're like, I want to get serious about working out or doing it. People just telling you stuff isn't going to really help. That's true. Especially with the
2: body.
1: They're probably telling you stuff that you already know. You already know. You're like, duh. Yeah, I know this. Yes,
2: but they, it's like they think you don't know. It's the same thing when you go up to someone with who's struggling with acne and you, right, and, and to say, say, have you ever tried a medicine like to someone with acne? <laughs> right. It's like, yeah, no shit. Yeah, yeah.
0: Thanks for that idea.
2: I had yeah. a thought about oh my it. God. Yeah. And I, but I do, I, I, I feel like people all the time just think that the person must not know. Right which I find very interesting.
0: So is it a confidence thing or is it, because I'm just thinking about what you said. We asked you, what is this pivotal point for you? And you were kind of like, there wasn't a pivotal point. There's just one day that my mindset shifted. Because I
2: realized what was I working towards and I was working towards self-love in my head. Mm. uh, But unfortunately, when I realized that there was not going to be any destination for self-love, like if I got to a size eight, was I actually going to feel Mm. better about my body? Certainly not. Not because this size four and the size two and the size zero—they all hate their bodies. So what? Mm-hmm. What was my point of of living in such a, a negative space? That really was um, a light bulb moment. I mean, I guess you call it a pivotal mo- moment, but it—it it wasn't. Um, nothing happened.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: I actually really
0: like that because I think it actually answers some of the question, the difference between feedback and criticism a little. I'm just trying to get back. I just had a light bulb of it myself. (laughs) Okay, okay. It's if you can get really clear on your purpose and tie mm -hmm. it back to that. For instance, UA, yours about stability, right? Mm -hmm. You are open to exploring a nine to five because you're like, yeah, I do want stability. I do want that stable paycheck or whatever. For me, maybe I can become more open to correction of words because I do want to be a better public speaker. You know, I think if we can keep in mind what our, you know, North Star is. Yes. And then if we, you know, can also be confident to say, actually, this isn't accurate about me. This isn't my North Star. I will not take that criticism.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think also there's, um, with the body stuff, it's interesting because it, people are like, if you want to lose weight, you'll lose weight. Or I, someone in my life approached me and said, when you're ready to lose the weight, you Oh,
1: are. my God.
2: <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Um, thank you. And I think that th- this is something that I think I'm still in the process of. I am still learning how to move my body and how to eat for health. Like, these are things that I'm still working on. And to do anything different than just going through and learning this process would be to go back to diet culture, would be Mm -hmm. to go back to like my old ways of thinking. And that's not what I'm. I'm trying to do. I'm trying to learn to live. I'm happy with my body. I'm happy with my size. Do I need to like get more in shape for strength, for like getting older, for like muscle tone, for picking up boxes, for like walking up the stairs? Yes, I definitely do. But that's my journey right now. It's not about fitting into a pair of pants. So I have Mm -hmm. to keep on that. I have to keep learning on this journey. I can't turn around and go back to like an old way of thinking, I guess.
1: That's so key. It's understanding the why and not the why now. Right and now. I think that's the problem with like diet culture and like the fitness industry in general is like fitting into your wedding dress. Yes. You have a big birthday coming up. Yes. Summer, bikini yes. season's coming up. If you keep thinking in short-term goals, then you're never gonna reach your long-term goals. I think the longevity yes. part of it is really yes. important for health and for... I guess all the criticism or feedback that we do get, we, we have to think about like, what is the long-term benefit of this versus like, yes. this is a short-term fix. Yes, but yeah. for you, someone like you, you built such a strong brand and I know Drew Barrymore loves you and you've really put yourself out there and you have such a strong social media presence. I'm sure you get all kinds of comments all the time. How do you brush off or how do you deal with the negative comments that you may get? Well, the negative
2: comments, So it may may surprise you, but I do not get affected by the negative body comments. I really Mm -hmm. don't. Um, And I think that that is because it's a product of me being comfortable in my skin, knowing what I'm out there doing. And if like one hillbilly wants to come on my like, (laughs) can you say hillbilly? I, I don't know. But I'm like, probably
1: going to offend somebody these days. I, yes. But, like, if
2: some, and I, and I re- the reason I use that term is because it's usually a weird man with like <laughs> two followers who's like has like a gun and hunting stuff in his profile. Yes. And so I'm <laughs> just saying that it's not typically women, it's, it's usually someone like that that comes in. And I guess what I'm saying is that person's opinion does nothing to me because I know that I'm here with a bigger purpose and I'm serving a bigger community. And every day for every one comment I get from a man, I get 25 comments from women telling me that I have changed something about the way Mm -hmm. that they think about themselves. So I'm here for that. And Mm -hmm. that is what really fuels me. I would say if someone wanted to really get to my core you could talk about my business i would i would be really sensitive about my business because i feel like that's probably something that's new and and mm. even though i've been doing it for 5 years it's more like so much competition in it and and like it's something i don't i've never done before so i there's if you wanted to really Hit me. You, you you could hit me in other places, but you can't hit me there. You can't tell me my husband and I aren't in love because like these are things I know. But like, right. is my is my brand like a top seller at Ulta? I, I, <laughs> I mean, yes, but like also, you know, like these are the things that I that I get. Um, by the way, we are Thy Rescue is. Uh, number one selling SKU in the bath section of all time. Yes, um, nice. So I, but so yes, but I'm just saying I'm very competitive with my business.
1: We hear this, you know, all the time through commercials and the media. People love talking about being comfortable in your own skin and be confident with who you are. Yeah. What does that mean? When is a good point to say I am comfortable in my own skin?
2: Be- because I think it's the thing that you know. So, like I said about like the comment, if someone's like you fat. I hate your body. I'm like, okay. Like that's <laughs> like, I'm fine. Like, and, or if, again, like if someone was like, you're in a fake relationship, I'd be like, okay. Like, <laughs> but I'm saying you have your, you have your things in your life that you feel really solid about. And I think that's what, that's what I interpret comfortable in your own skin is because you you kind of know who you are, but that doesn't translate a- across every category of your life. I don't think you can feel like you're really good at business, but a really bad mom, mm-hmm. mm, yeah, or vice versa. Like it just you know which parts of yourself you feel comfortable with, and then mm-hmm. parts that you are working on.
0: I mean, I think there's this is a never-ending process where there's always areas. It's true because
2: boom, like I think you think you accept yourself and then you change again. Mm -hmm. You know, you have a kid, you get older, you may get sick. Like, there's so many different things, and that's part of body acceptance is being open to riding the wave of just not being one thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I accept myself only in this phase or only if I look like this. Like, you have to. You have to kind of understand that you change. Right? Well, that's
1: what I love about your Instagram post where you where you have like a side by side of a celebrity wearing an outfit and you wear the outfit and how how it, it's the same outfit, but it can look different. And I think that's just a, symbolic of relationships, too, is that we always think there's like a one size fits all yes. of how relationships should look. Yeah. But we can also create our own look of how yeah. that relationship should feel. Yes. And I really love that message you give out. It's like, listen, this is the same outfit. It, but I can make it look totally different. Mm-hmm. And it, that works for me. And that's what we're trying to do. It's like yeah. you're constantly changing. Dating scenes constantly changing. You just have to find what works for you yes. in that moment. So I, I guess my last question to you is how is your current marriage different after you've done the work in mm-hmm. between the two wow. marriages? How does this current relationship look different than the previous one?
2: Um, I, so I did, I did a lot of that therapy. And then, um, when I first started dating, I was like, you know what? I want a guy who's gonna pay for my life. And I want a guy who's gonna treat me like a princess. And if he's not a boss, I don't want him. So I had all these very, (laughs) like, like, what? I don't know pop culture ways yeah. of like looking at dating. And then as I as I went on and I kept meeting more people, I realized that what I really wanted, oh, height, I had to, he had to be over course, like yeah. he had to be tall. What I really realized is that what I wanted versus what I needed were two very different things, and what I needed was a cheerleader someone who supported mm. and was like interested in my career and my life and was rooting for me and someone who wanted to spend time with me mm. and someone who really understood me and loved me and just wanted to be with me, which these things sound like, well, yeah, isn't that every relationship? No, it's not. No. No, it's not. So I I think – and and my husband's five nine. Right. Mm-hmm. It's never there like who you think it's gonna no, be. It's five nine. we talk about it all the time. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying that like that's that's the thing is I, I think the naive um there's a bit of naivete – naivete? Naivete? Mm-hmm. Nope.
1: Naivete. I think uh-huh.
2: Sad- Julia, I'm saying the word wrong. Yeah, my boyfriend will correct you later. Don't worry. <laughs> I think that you can be naive going into the dating scene, thinking like these are the things you want because this is what you like saw in a movie, and those are the feelings you want to capture. But what you realize at the end of the day is that marriage is long, and you need you need a partner who can like fulfill like the real things that you need, not the yeah. like fake things that you think you need.
1: But does he I, look like Tony Soprano?
2: Oh oh yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> some things are not related really to
1: budge <laughs> on.
0: I think this is such a good tie-in. I mean this conversation's been incredible. I think some the tie-in that I have is to takeaways from what you just said about your husband and just throughout this whole convo is clarity. I think clarity mm-hmm. is so mm-hmm. important in mm-hmm. taking that beat you know, and sometimes that involves spending time by yourself. I think that yeah. is a common theme that we hear. We yeah. think that we, you know, we have to always be filling our social schedules and lining up date after date. But sometimes the best thing is to be to take that beat get mm-hmm. the clarity what is yeah. it that i really want what is it that i know about myself what is it what are the areas that i want to improve on and that's how you know you can be confident and you can take criticism or take feedback and interpret it a certain way and get these voices out of our heads because we all have them and i really think the until we can address them and stop thinking about it like, oh, why am I having to do this work? But rather, I am so lucky that I am going to be doing this work because it's going to actually set me up for the rest of my life that I'm not in a constant hamster wheel battling mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. demons and letting people take me down and being unhappy in relationships. Mm-hmm. And you know, relationships don't make you happy unless you're happy. And that's something that we've all heard way too often and it sounds cliche. Yeah. But it's totally
2: true. The clarity. Yeah. This was this was Huge. a this was a therapy session. I really I think that said that just you can apply that to every part of your life. Mm-hmm. Slow down to speed up, I think
0: is always a big one. Yeah.
1: I really like your story about kind of zooming out and seeing the world beyond just your experience because I think once we zoom out, we realize we're not the only ones experiencing this. <laughs> we're not the only ones experiencing negative self-talk. In fact, there are many people who are experiencing the same thing. And it's good to zoom out because then you don't feel alone in what you're going through. Mm-hmm. And also just know that it's not just about you. <laughs> like, yeah, yes. The universe does not revolve around you. And so it's we always say when you're on a date, everybody's so so self-conscious about how the other person is thinking about them when in fact nobody's thinking about you like the other person's (laughs) just you know more concerned about how they're coming off so it's important to know that there's many people who are going through what you're going through the negative self-talk is very interesting because you can either say uh completely say okay i'm gonna i'm gonna just not listen to it or you can Also challenge yourself to say, no, don't say that, but rephrase it, Mm -hmm. rephrase it in a kind way Mm -hmm. so that I can receive it in the way that you intend it to. There's nothing wrong with like challenging ourselves to rephrase how we speak to ourselves. I just feel like kind of if anybody wants to, after this episode, think about what's one takeaway that i can I can get from this conversation is that we are constantly changing and evolving, and we can't feel like how we feel today is gonna be the same as how we feel tomorrow. same as when we start dating is so that we constantly are like trying to see our partners in the lens of today when we have to know that they're also gonna be changing too. So we do we put so much pressure on dating today when we should really think about like, does this person want to date me? Like for the long Mm -hmm. term, Mm -hmm. in terms of like the constant, like the changing of who I am Mm -hmm. versus just, you know, criticizing me or thinking about me for today. So I really love that. And the evolution of who we are is important to take note of.
0: Yeah, I think you just sparked something and Katie, you said it earlier of like, what is the why for me? Mm -hmm. And I think that's important because it doesn't mean that you always take something at face value, but can you dig a little deeper into it instead of saying like you should lose weight to fit into the dress? It's I want to be healthy. I want to be able to lift something or age better, all of that. And then that allows us to, you know, still love ourselves who we are but also have a growth mindset because I think it can be dangerous too if you're just like, nope, this is who I am. I'm not changing. (laughs) I love myself the way I am because it doesn't allow you to get better too. But it is a balance because you don't want to always be thinking like, I need to be a different person. Like this is who you are. What are some ways that's going to help you be that best version of yourself, but in a way that ultimately fulfills that why for you?
1: Yes. Wonderful. Well, Katie Storino, where can people find out more about you?
2: Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Katie Starino, or you can check out my products, Mega Babe at Target and Ulta. Love awesome. It.
1: Love it. Well, thank you so much for a lovely conversation and for sharing your journey with We're always talking about the J word, journey. (laughs) (laughs) And that was lovely. And for all of our listeners, if you want to be on this journey with us, we really appreciate a review in Apple Podcasts. (laughs) Five stars and something really nice. Katie knows this too. When someone leaves you a nice (laughs) review, it makes you feel good, right? So (laughs) Boost that self-confidence, right? (laughs) Yes, yes. Be on this journey with us. And uh, on that note, we're going to wrap this up.
0: Stay Stay dateable.
1: The Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Dateable Podcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag stay and trust us, we look at all those posts. Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com.